0: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Packaday Podcast. It is the Wednesday edition of the Packaday Podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. How you doing everybody? Alex Strofe with you on this episode 994 edition of the Packaday Podcast coming up on episode 1000 on Tuesday already. That is wild. Uh, but on our Packaday Wednesdays as we ramp up for the NFL Draft, I am joined by two geniuses. I let them do all the talking because they're good at it. Uh, our residential draft experts. We'll start uh, with our friend Owen Reese. You can find him on Twitter at Reese, R-E-S-E, draft on Twitter. Hi, Owen. I think I might have just spelled your last name wrong, but I did my best.
1: No, man, you're good. It's fine. Uh, no, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> another another Wednesday closer to the draft, so we'll take
0: it. We will take it. Only a couple weeks away now. Uh, as we lead up to the NFL draft, we've got our seven-round mock coming up in a couple weeks. That's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, Owen and I also joined by the great Russell Brown. You can find him on Twitter at RussNFLDraft.
2: Hi, Russ. Happy Wednesday, buddy. Hey, uh, what's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back. I'm glad I didn't butcher it last time, and uh, even though I'm not a Packers fan, I always like talking drafts, so it's fun. See, it, it only takes you a minute each time to mention that that you're not only not a Packers fan, but you are a... Oh, come on, dude! Don't do this to me. I've had a I've had a kind of a rough day already. Uh, the I'm a Lions fan. I mean, we all we all know this, but I like to let the people know because I don't want like I've had this happen. I've done podcasts and then I get people reaching out to me like, "Hey, what do you think the Browns are gonna do?" Have, um, I'll talk Browns, but I'm not a Browns fan. And then they unfollow <laughs> me, and then they call me a bunch of names. I'm like, "All right, dude." <laughs> Fair enough.
0: Uh, I mean, uh, Packers fans a little bit nicer than the people in Cleveland. That's at least what I hear. I I can't confirm that, but uh, anyway. Yeah, we have no problems with Packer fans. Uh, well, they're the best. I mean, that's that's. <laughs> I, I might be a little biased, but they're the best. Uh, so anyway, our Wednesdays have are going to typically consist of us taking a look at what Reese likes to call the big uglies. And today we're going to go into uh, offensive tackle strictly, and we're going to look at five different categories. I'm going to let these guys choose a bona fide stud, the biggest sleeper, their draft crush, somebody they're looking forward to seeing how they develop in the big leagues and uh, we'll see if Russ part uh, participates, but for sure. Oh, and the dream fit for the Packers. So Russ, I'm going to start on your end. Each time we're going to start with a bona fide stud for you on the offensive tackles.
2: I'm going to go with my guy, Dylan Ray Duns out of uh, North Dakota state. I-, I think this dude is potentially a, future bona fide stud um, for a lot of reasons. I mean, he's got a really intriguing athletic profile. He was a three-sport athlete in high school from football, basketball, track and field at 6'5", 305. He played 32 consecutive starts for the Bison at North Dakota State. And he's one of those players that has some versatility. He showed it at the senior bowl. He played guard, right guard, right tackle, center. He played all over the place. So he could really be a player that you could put anywhere and find success with him he's I think relatively smooth and quick within his kick slide I think he's a really strong finisher he looks to finish his blocks beyond the whistle I think he definitely needs to get stronger his anchor can become a little inconsistent the play strength needs to improve but overall there's a lot to work with get him in an NFL program for one offseason and I think you see a a future stud um, whether he goes somewhere in the first round or somewhere on the second day of the draft
0: A little North Dakota State love for uh, the biggest stud. Now, I should mention, Panay Sewell automatically disqualified from this, right? I mean, so he's not going to be one of the picks here. Uh, Owen, your bona fide stud.
1: So, yeah, mine went a little more chalk. Uh, We're not counting Panay Sewell, but I went Rishon Slater, um, the left tackle out of Northwestern. He opted out of 2020, but in 2019, uh, really kind of showed and flashed. He's a three-star recruit out of Katy, Texas uh Northwestern not necessarily known as a recruiting power either but a big developmental program obviously a lot of Packer fans listening to this podcast uh also double up as Badgers fans right so it's a similar concept uh not always the most heralded recruits but they got him in the Northwestern he's a freak athlete uh a little under recruited and in 2018 played right tackle in 2019 bumped to left tackle uh, most notably for his sake had a very good game blocking Chase Young uh against Ohio State in twenty nineteen. And then the other thing too that I've seen some other people talk about that I think that you know offensive line evaluation kind of goes over looked at times is late in the game, Northwestern is not winning, right? Like against Ohio State. They're not but continued to fight and continued to be a pain in Chase uh Chase Young's side, which you know they have that competitive toughness can go a long way. So he's my guy. I think he's um, you know, we've been talking about Panay Sewell for two or three years now, or is this, he's a future first round pick, future NFL, whatever. Um, And I think Slater's kind of caught up on a, a few people and kind of, you know, depending on who you talk to, he's leapfrogged Sewell or not. But to me, he's a guy, he's, he's like the left tackle of the future in the NFL, right? Like we're no longer, unfortunately for me, you know, no longer do you have these six, eight, 350 pound behemoth guys that are just the, you know, these mammoth human beings that you line up five across on your offensive line and call it a day. Um, Slater is—he's that six foot four range and, and around three hundred five, three hundred ten pounds, but he's athletic enough. He can block on an island. You know, if he's got a block for someone like Pat Mahomes, where it's a five step drop and all of a sudden it turns into a ten step drop and and running around, you don't know what direction he's going. Um, kind of like what Packer fans see with David Bakhtiari, right? The ability to kind of leave them on an island. That's Slater to me. I think he's going to be a slam dunk uh, wherever he goes.
0: Yeah, both good picks, both good picks. And again, Sewell, uh, we've talked about him enough, so he's going to take the night off today. Uh, let's move on. Somebody, maybe that's either fallen down the draft board or somebody that hasn't risen. Uh, you know, maybe maybe too low for you guys. We're going to go to a biggest sleeper. Russ, we'll start with you again.
2: Yeah, I've got. I mean, some of the guys on my list, I would probably put them all kind of in this category, but I'll I'll go sure. with the guy that is ja- it's Jackson Carmen out of Clemson, and I, I think he's a guy that when we look at this season and really look at his career, he's been one of the most consistent players that they've had, not named Trevor Lawrence or Travis Etienne. And he's got a massive frame. He's got incredibly long arms. He utilizes his length when he's playing up against shorter defenders or even longer defenders. It allows him to create separation, which is allowing him to reset his hands. And he's got hands that are like, the size of bear paws. I mean, this dude has got just a good overall strength and he's able to redirect defenders relatively easy. He likes to use a snatch trap technique to defeat pass rushers. And I find that always interesting when you can execute that at, at the college level, because you might be asked to do that at the NFL level, but it just gives you something to put into your arsenal. And I think when you look at this off season, he didn't work out at the pro day. I don't think a lot of people are really talking about him because there is that conversation. Is he a guard? Is he offensive tackle? I've got him listed at offensive tackle, but I think he could be a sleeper because if he didn't work out this off season and didn't do a ton and if maybe there's some medical concern, I think obviously the NFL teams will get that information. So he might end up going somewhere on potentially the early part portion of the third day of the draft. But I think there's a lot of upside to his game and, you could potentially see second round or third round value even if even if you took him in the early stages of the fourth round because of how this offseason transpired. So I think he'd probably be my biggest sleeper from the players I listed. You're talking me into him.
0: Well done. That was, that was a really good case. <laughs> Reese,
1: uh, make a good case for your guy. So mine'll be a little different. So this is like the sleeper in the Term of, I mean, like, and I'm not Jackson Carmen is a sleeper, but Jackson Carmen was a fifth or five star recruit. That's um, true. Ooh. Who went? It was a three year starter at Clemson. My guy was also a big time recruit, but I guarantee you haven't heard his name in the last three or four years. His name is Josh Ball. To. He um, was an offensive tackle at Marshall over the past two <laughs> years. Was a former big time recruit at Florida State. Is uh, 310 pounds or so. Um, is going to be a lot off of a lot of teams' boards from the jump in 2017, I believe it was, was busted for violence against his girlfriend, domestic abuse, domestic violence, something along those lines. Um, not very pretty, not very good stuff, right? So, there's a reason he's not at Florida State anymore. However, if you watch him play football, um, he's very good, he's an extremely athletic for a guy that. Uh, You know, I think if you hear guys that are 6'7 or 6'8, typically they can be kind of clunky, right? They're not super smooth athletes. You usually think of the Rashawn Slaters, right, that are 6'4, maybe 6'5, that are smoother athletes. Um, But Ball explodes out of his stance. He's really good at getting to the second level, isn't bothered by trying to deal with linebackers moving laterally. Um, And he's a guy that was, like I said, a four- or five-star recruit coming out of high school, went to Florida State. Um you know, came in, I believe the same class as Landon Dickerson, and was they you know it things happened right like i'm not here to to condone or defend his past i i don't know anything about his personal life, and that 's not what we're here to talk about, but there's a reason he's not there right but the his ability to play football has never changed, so that's to me Josh Ball's a guy that like someone I have a feeling that some team will take a chance on him late in the draft, sixth or seventh round um There's a pretty popular guy in Kansas City right now. His name is Tyreek Hill, who fell to the fifth round because of off-field issues that never changed his ability to play football. Mm -hmm. Um, And some teams have shown that they are willing to take a chance on these guys. Um, And if it works, they are a huge home run swing that connects. Um, And I think that Josh Ball could be that guy in this year's class. Um, Like I said, he'll be off of a lot of teams' boards immediately due to the personal stuff. Um, But some team I have a feeling is going to take a chance on him. Uh, And he's an extremely impressive player, um, but not being talked about for very good reason.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's well said. But uh, you know, you know how the NFL works. Somebody will take a chance on him. They believe in second chances. He's still young, um, and I think uh, I think you make a good case as to what he can do on the football field. Right, that is what they're looking for after all. So let's move on uh, to a fun one. This this is totally up to you guys. You can go as high up the board or all the way down to somebody that might go undrafted. A draft crush that you have, Mister
2: Brown. I love this offensive tackle group. So it's really hard just to pick right. one guy. And I will say about Josh Ball, he's going to end up going to like Seattle or something, just uh, and, and playing there for like five or six years. But um, beyond that, I'll, I'll, my answer is going to be Tevin Jenkins here. I, I think this guy, I, I think of a player that is incredibly active with his hands when looking to just absolutely destroy a player. I mean, this guy is maybe the strongest finisher in the draft. He's going to provide a team versatility as he can play tackle or guard, Um, played a lot of right tackle, but there was times where he would move over to left tackle or even play one of the guard spots. Um, He likes to use a snatch trap technique as well. I've already talked about that, but I love the grip strength. I think he's got great balance. He's got a strong anchor. It's very rare to see him get knocked off base. There was one rep in particular, Ronnie Perkins out of Oklahoma who knocked him straight on his, on his tail. So we've seen that before, but it's, that's the only time I've seen it through his tape. So I love the skill set that he provides. He's probably going to go in the first round. He could potentially be somebody on the Packers radar if he's there or the chiefs. I think he could potentially even go as high as like 16 to a team like Arizona, but I, I think he is just so fun to watch. He fits the mold for w- what you look for in an offensive tackle. I will say his inside hand loves to get on the back of off- of defenders, so he'll have to clean that up a little bit because they might call it a little bit more frequently in the NFL. Um, but he's so fun to watch. I, I think he's, from all the offensive tackles I've watched, he's probably, he's got to be one of my favorites for sure.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people will agree with you on that. And There's a great uh, Pack of Day podcast episode a little bit down the feed that you can see with Andy Herman and company uh, detailing Jenkins a little bit more. And yeah, really, really fun to watch. And, you know, I, I, I'm not Mr. All-22. I'm not a, uh, you know, a former assistant coach at the collegiate level for offensive tackles. I don't I know no more than the average fan in this regard. But Tevin Jenkins, a ton of fun to watch. Uh, Owen Reese, who, who's your draft crush?
1: So this is a guy who really has kind of snuck up on me. Um, I I didn't watch much of him until fairly recently uh, and really kind of piqued my interest at the Senior Bowl uh, because from what I remember uh, watching him against the Badgers, I had never been too impressed, but he was very good at the Senior Bowl. So I kind of dug in. And Brendan Hymas uh, was a left tackle at Nebraska this past year. I think he's probably a guard in the NFL. I think he could survive a tackle, but I think a team some teams maybe more be me, be more inclined, like Green Bay, to to bump him inside uh due to his athleticism. Um, but he's a guy I think that isn't um he's not the sexiest guy. He's kind of a tweener size, six four ish, three ten, three oh five. Um, but uses his, his athleticism, easy for me to say, very well. Uh and is Probably more along the lines of a finesse player, truthfully, which oftentimes isn't really my type. But he's a guy I think that can be, um, you know, kind of a a Swiss Army knife. I I wouldn't be surprised if someone tried him at center either. Um, So to me, he's a guy that's extremely versatile, something that we've known that the Packers like. Um, You know, as we saw last year, Elton Jenkins played both guard spot or both left guard, right tackle, and center within the first three to four weeks of the season. Right, so that ability to move around um is paramount for them and i think that he's a guy that as we get along here further in the process has started to creep up boards a little bit probably somewhere early on day three so he's not the super sexy um draft crush guy um that would be ben cleveland for me but we're talking about tackles today so um Timus (laughs) is a guy who's probably one of those like is always better than he'll be appreciated for um but will have a nice career in the nfl
0: Good stuff. Versatility, the Packers, yeah, we'll get there in just a second because that is huge, and you make a great point there. So maybe a, a day three option there for Brian Gutekunst and company, something to, to maybe keep an eye on. All right, let's go to category number four. Uh, let's talk development. Somebody you're looking forward to seeing how they get in and grow, maybe in a particular system, however you want to go with it. Uh, Russ, we'll start with you again.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with two guys, actually, and I, I've i kind of butchered That's the on totally that w- I'm butchering the rundown that we had in the DMs, but I'll start with one, Jalen Moore from Western Michigan. Um, I think he's an impressive player that impressed me a lot at the Senior Bowl from the practice film I watched. He started 31 straight games at left tackle for the Broncos. There's reps there where he's got really quick feet. He anchors. He's got terrific hand placement. And I thought his pad level played relatively consistent now I think he needs to definitely refine some things and clean things up because against some of the pass rushers that he played against in those senior bowl practices not everything was picture perfect and the players that he was playing against not are not necessarily those studs that you're going to see like a Von Miller every single Sunday so I I think he's got to get a little bit quicker overall I think he could get a little bit stronger for sure but I think his frame is impressive enough to where you could put him Potentially at right tackle, maybe you look at putting him inside, but I think ideally you would want to get him in some type of zone blocking scheme where he can get out in space a little bit. He can step to his right and left and and be efficient in in somewhat of those gaps and and take that, that next man. And I think he can move that guy. Again, he'll have to get stronger but he's, he's intriguing. He's definitely a day three option for a team like the Packers or really anybody looking for the draft. Um, and then the next guy that I just, I love this guy. We talked about him, I think last week, Robert Hainsey out of Notre Dame. I I've got him listed as an interior offensive lineman, but he played right tackle for Notre Dame. He had 33 uh, starts there at right tackle. Um, he did suffer a broken ankle in 2019, but With 46 games played, you kind of know what you're getting. I think he's a really smooth technician. He understands where to put his hands. He can put it on the inside hip of defenders. He moves with his hands on the chest plate of defenders. So I love what he does consistently. And I think when we talk versatility, especially for a team like the Packers, I think he fits exactly what you're looking for. So between him and Moore, those are two guys that I'm pretty excited about.
0: Fair enough. Excitement is the right word, and uh, development is what happens in the National Football League. Mr. Reese, what do you think?
1: So mine is Spencer Brown uh, from Northern Iowa, and he's a guy that went to Northern Iowa. Obviously, again, not a um, Tier 1 recruiting program, right? So the FCS teams focus a lot on development, a lot of projection. So Spencer Brown came into Northern Iowa as a tight end uh, and is – Every bit of six, eight and a half, around 310 pounds, and tested absolutely out of this world at uh, his pro day. I don't have the numbers pulled up, but one of the top athletic profiles ever by an offensive tackle. Uh, and he's a guy that I think is just scratching the surface. Um, you know, he's played the offensive line position for four years, he didn't play in 20. 20- 20 fall of 2020, so that didn't hurt him, or that excuse me, that does hurt him a little bit as far as just a guy that needs to continue to play offensive line. That's a tough, um, the offensive line skill set or the atmosphere to play it is tough to replicate outside of actually playing it, right, in practice or games. You can pass it on air and you can work out and do offensive line-centric things, but at the end of the day, it's tough to replicate that. Um, So he'll be... His rookie camp and these these training camps will be great opportunities for him to continue. But he's a guy that, like I said, the, a lot of these six, eight, and nine guys are very, like I said, my my word to describe him is usually clunky, right? Or kind of stiff, or you know, just not quite smooth. Um, and that's exactly the word is that Spencer Brown is extremely smooth athletically. He's still a little raw. He still does some things that are pretty like, what are we doing here on film? But <laughs> there's a ton to work with. Um, yeah. You know, and, and he did well. He's another guy that competed really well and did well at the senior bowl um, for as a small school guy with no season in 2020. um, You know, obviously it shows he wasn't slacking off. He wasn't uh, taking that time for granted. You know, he was continuing to bust it and, and, and keep working. So I do think he's a guy that is only starting to scratch the surface and his yeah. fo- best football is definitely still out.
0: Yeah, Spencer Brown is somebody you want on your side in a bar fight. Six, eight and a half, three hundred eleven 311 pounds. His 40 time at his pro day that y- you mentioned, Reese, uh, his 40 time between 4.88 and 4.9 at-, at that size is unbelievable. On top of that, 31 and a half inches in the vertical jump. So uh, unbelievable uh, pro day. And you were not kidding about that. So. Uh, he he will be a lot of fun. That's a that's a huge human being. Uh, let's move on to our final round. We're gonna flip the order here because I gotta make fun of Russ at the end of the show. I uh, <laughs> Owen, we'll start with you.
1: Dream fit for the Packers. So for me, I think it's Alex Leatherwood from Alabama. I think that um, I tweeted about this the other day, but like it's, we're getting to the time of the year where like everyone is doing thirty-five mock drafts a day, and they found those ways to like game the systems, for lack of a better word, and like, well, yeah, well, I know this guy's going to be around in the fifth round, and he's got this rating, and he was whatever on this big board. Like, at a certain point, there's going to be a certain number of guys that the Packers are actually legitimately going to consider. Um, and I think Alex Leatherwood, if he makes it to 29, is going to be one of them. He's played tackle at Alabama. He's played guard at Alabama. He's a former number two overall recruit in the country, I think, or number one offensive tackle at the very least. Um, and you see that athleticism on tape, he's got some interesting habits at tackle. Uh, it's probably a nice way to say it, but I think he can play tackle. I also think he could be a plug and play guard for 10 years. Uh, he may even have a higher ceiling at guard. Um, but truth be told, there's a lot less depth in the NFL at tackle than there is at guard. Um, so contrary to what you believe on Twitter, NFL teams are not trying to bump everyone into guard. Um, but I think he's a guy that can play both. Green Bay enjoys that, as we've seen with Billy Turner, um, You know, a guy that can play both right guard and right tackle. I think that Leatherwood's a guy that maybe you allow circumstance to kind of pigeonhole him in and figure out where he's at if he comes to Green Bay. Do they play him at right tackle and Turner at right guard or vice versa? Who knows, but he's a guy that I think would give Green Bay everything they're looking for, um, put him into a nice spot. Maybe he doesn't start right away at all uh, and can learn from Bakhtiari and Billy Turner. But um, he's a guy that, to me, at 29, if you're being realistic, he's one of the guys that's like a home run slam dunk. This is what a Green Bay Packer should look like. And to me, so to me, that's my I think is a pretty easy as far as offensive tackles go. I think it's Alex Leatherwood.
0: I love that answer because, you know, we talk a lot about the offensive line depth that the Packers are looking for this offseason. I I don't think the fan base would be thrilled with an offensive tackle pick, but remember, I mean, you're certainly looking for depth and you're probably not expecting a healthy uh, d come week one, so good stuff, Reese. Russ, we'll move on to you. I don't know how to pose this question, though. Dream (laughs) fit for the Packers? I I don't think you're going to pick the worst offensive tackle prospect out of a no-name D3 school, aren't you?
2: Yeah. Jason Spriggs out of Indiana. Um, <laughs> no, I, look, I, I'm going to go, I'm going to take my fandom. I'm going to throw it to the side here. And and it's, it, it happens every year, right? Like th- this team picks a player that I like every single year. And it was Kenny Clark, Jamal Williams. I think I say this every time on the show and Alex Otherwood would be one of those guys. I think I've, I'm probably higher on him than most people. He's my second ranked offensive tackle. So if they did that, like I would somewhat be heartbroken because that would that would suck, but it makes a lot of sense, and I agree with Owen on, on his evaluation there. But the guy I'm going to go with is, is somebody that maybe we haven't talked about that much, and that's Sam Cosme out of Texas. He's a player that checked in at 6'6", 314 at his pro day, ran a four eight five forty. He had 36 reps in the bench. He had a, a 10-yard split at 1.68 seconds. I believe his... You know, whatever his score was, it it put him at like the 92nd percentile or something for offensive tackle. So incredibly athletic, and he's incredibly strong. It shows every single time he's on tape because he plays with this mean streak. He's super aggressive. Again, good good athlete. He matches well with more athletic defenders. He's got experience as well. We talk experience. He's got over 1,000 snaps at right tackle, over 1,500 snaps at left tackle. I think his hand placement can definitely be a little sporadic at times. His outside hand, again, tends to be on the back of defenders, much like Tevin Jenkins. So I think there's that, but and he he can definitely hold a lot. I will say that. I even talked to um, a a scout that works for at, out of West Virginia, and he told me the exact same thing. He goes, I'm not exactly sure how the NFL is valuing these offensive tackles between players like Cosme and Tevin Jenkins, and he said that because he, he reps the Big 12, and he he said he would prefer... Tevin Jenkins over Cosme, me, but it's, you know, it, I don't want to get into it too much, but I I've heard another thing as well. And I'm I'm going to just kind of sprinkle this in here. I've heard something in regards to off the field with him and I don't want to get into it too much. That's something I've heard again. I don't know how accurate it is, but that's something that you hear. But overall, I like the player a lot. And I think that if he went to a place like green Bay, he could play guard he could play right tackle and i think you could see a lot of a strong strong play from him consistently every single time he's on the field and if he went there i would i would think that would be somewhat of a of a home run
0: well i appreciate the insight Russ, <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to go a totally different direction with that, but uh, nicely done. You guys are are the best. Uh, th- that is that is pretty much your offensive tackle bullet points going into the draft just a few weeks from now. Thanks, guys. Yeah, no problem. He's
2: done.
0: And we'll do it again next Wednesday. Thanks so much for kicking it with us on a Pack-A-Day Wednesday for Russ Brown, for Owen Reese. Go find them on Twitter for more in-depth coverage of the NFL draft coming up. I'm Alex Strump. We'll talk to you next week. Peace.